Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the podcast, Super Friends. Five podcast producers from across North America get together to discuss podcasting. And welcome to this episode of the podcast, Super Friends, January 30th, 2024. I am John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcast. What we're going to do today is we've all submitted a client show with client's permission, I'm assuming at least. And we're going to uh, round robin around and give some constructive criticism and feedback for each other's client shows. I'm going to put my client's podcast first. Uh, Matt has uh, queued up the first 45 seconds of each one of our client podcasts and probably helpful for our audience if we all give a quick elevator pitch about each show that we're that we've submitted what it's going to be about about excuse me so uh my client is angela bucciolato she owns a business called the resume rescue where she helps people uh update their resumes change careers all sorts of career advice her podcast is called that's business where she interviews various entrepreneurs and hears their stories the episode that i submitted uh was with pam ames coke she is a teacher turned um grant writer really interesting story with her so matt if you want to fire up that's business Welcome back to another episode of That's Business. Today's guest, Pam, came to entrepreneurship from education. She started her career as a middle school English language arts teacher, went to graduate school, and dedicated 20 years of her life to academia as a teacher and educator. Pam has always been a strong believer in the power of goals and dreams. In February of 2022, she started her own grant research and writing business, Intentions Granted. She uses her writing and storytelling. I will throw it out to the room. Who would like to jump in first on Angela and that's business? I'll go first. Um, yeah, I didn't have an opportunity to listen to a lot of the full episodes here, so I'm going to comment a lot on the first 37 seconds. But the but the um, the logo is gr- the logo is great. I think um, simple, punchy. Um, you know, we're limited sometimes by copyright free music, but didn't sound too like infomercialish to me. It sounded catchy. It did bring me in the quality of the, the audio on the intro was, was excellent. Um, I'm not necessarily a fan of huge bios being read at the beginning and we got through 37 seconds and we're still kind of being explained as to who the guest is. Mm-hmm. So um, I would favor tightening that up, but um, because, you know, we, we want to get to the meat and potatoes We we already know who the guest is when we clicked on the episode link. So that's what I'd say. I would like to go Johnny. Um, so I did have a chance to listen to this entire episode, Jag and congratulations. Great podcast quality wise. I was very impressed. Uh, it was uh, one thing I wrote down is it was one, one of the interview podcasts I actually enjoyed listening to really nice slice of life show. <laughs> It was Angel will be very just, happy to hear that. It Thank was just you. it was just really wholesome, and I really enjoyed it. And that is where some of my criticism comes in from a content perspective. So, okay. 
This podcast pitches itself as here. This is the episode description. This podcast is designed to help all professionals, whether they're looking for a new job, starting a business, negotiating salaries, or improving their public speaking skills. Um, that's amazing. And if I, if that's something I'm listening to, like that's kind of what I'm hoping to get out of it. I don't know that I necessarily got enough out of it from this particular episode. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that the guests have interesting backgrounds is great. I really want to hear that, but I really, as the listener, focus on the value that I'm going to be walking away from via listening to this episode. So if, if you're telling me that when I'm walking into this, the podcast is designed to help me, for instance, for Pam specifically, she started two businesses. And if I look at the podcast uh, show description, I say that this is helpful for people starting a business. Fantastic. But I feel like that they may have spent a little too much time of doing I wrote this down promo of Pam and not so much about how Pam got this done. It's amazing that she started these two businesses, but I would have loved to have hear, heard more about how she actually got that done. Not so much of like what the business actually is. Um, so that was, that was more of my critique from a production standpoint. There's a really great hook in there about uh, Pam says that she was the only applicant out of 500 people interviewing for a teaching job for an English teaching job that said that they, she could name what book she was reading at the time. (laughs) That was, that was so great. Take that hook and drop that right in the front. That is such a great lead in and would just get people right into the episode. I thought that was, I thought that was fantastic. Um, and then I think, uh, how long do I have a time limit on this? I have like two more points that I want to No, No, go right ahead. Um, I would tweak the introductions to be more direct with the listener. Um, I, I hit the hit on that already. Um, mm. uh, and then Angela is a great interviewer. Uh, but again, if the goal is to help people who want to start a business, in Pam's case, she's an entrepreneur, then the question questions, like specific examples of questions that she asked were, what's your favorite client success story? Or uh, what, uh, you know, what does a $50 million deal look like? Or even trying to get Pam new clients. Like the goal is to help the audience, not necessarily help Pam get new clients. That's just kind of seen where it started to skew towards is like, how can we get Pam in front of more people when the audience is, well, I need help trying to start my own business, not hire Pam. So that, that was my heavy critique overall. Loved it. Loved the show. I thought it was, I listened to the entire thing without stopping. And that is very hard to say. Wow in podcast world today. So with that, I yield my time. <laughs> you yield your time. That's helpful, Johnny. Thank you. Catherine, you were about to jump in. I'll, we'll go to you next. Oh, sure. I, I actually agree with a, a lot of what the other guys were just saying. I thought that, first of all, what really stood out to me is that there was like a real instant rapport with Angela and Pam. That really came through. Angela's personality comes through. It shines through, which is really great. I would say I did agree with the, there was a lot of intro to what they were getting to, getting to the, the there's a lot of journey getting to introduce what Pam had been doing. But it was really interesting. So I'm really, I followed along just like Johnny was saying. It was all of it was very compelling. I would suggest just some two sort of technical tweaks that I would add in there. I think this show could really benefit from a tagline. The the amount of business podcasts that are out there is just massive. That is a huge sector of podcasting. So what differentiates this show? It took me a while. I didn't read the uh, the, the description the way Johnny did. So I was kind of like, what? who is this for? Is this about the journey? How did you get there? Is it about who, who Pam is? All of those things I didn't quite know. So this would be a show where I would say a, pit, a pitchy, punchy tagline right up the at the beginning. This is the podcast 
for blank who are doing blank. Something that is telling people what the mission of this show is. Why are we talking to Pam? Why is Angela involved in this? What does this have to do with Angela's business? All those kinds of things in a really tightly punched up tagline, I think would be very beneficial. The other thing sort of on a technical level is there were some really poignant moments in this podcast, really touching, thoughtful comments that came across. And I just would have loved for a little bit more silence after those hitting moments, like Johnny pointed one out there, a moment that, that is hits and really sinks hard. Give it a little buffer of silence before you get to the next topic that we're going to on just to let it sink for your audience. I think that would have been really effective in in this podcast, but overall I really enjoyed it a lot. Appreciate that last piece of feedback for me as the editor of the podcast. That, That's why I'm bringing it up. <laughs> that I could that I could leave a little bit more room in there uh and uh and there. Angela is a uh, phenomenal networker. She is one of the best networkers that I know. So she she's a friend in addition to be, being a client and she really has this tremendous uh, group of folks that she's gotten to meet through LinkedIn and social media posts. She's very active LinkedIn, TikTok, and other places. So she's got this tremendous network, but I appreciate the feedback from all of you so far about maybe tweaking the direction of the show a little bit, shortening up the intro. That's helpful. Matt? Uh, I did notice uh, quietly that it was missing from from iHeart. It's not a podcast I would expect to find on the iHeart app, but um, you can you can take a, you can sneak that one on there anytime and Hopefully, maybe grab a little bit of audience from there. I like the music. The yep. I like the music at the front, um, the bass. I enjoyed that. Um, and the conversation we've already talked about—the conversation going from end to end—and to Catherine's point about what I call the qualifier: that's business, and then just define what that's business is. And I had a radio consultant tell me that once. We have a 30-minute rock ride. Well, you have to tell the audience what that means. And it turns out that that means 30 minutes of nonstop rock. (laughs) Right? But again, that's that's very astute of Catherine to point that out about qualifying um, the title. Everything else we talked about, you know, the conversation um, and the branding of the podcast, it's excellent. And I ran through the technical specs of luffs and sounds and beeps and bops and that sort of thing, and it all checked out perfectly. It sounds great. Thank you. Uh, R2D2 approves. Uh, who would like to be on the hot seat next? I'll, I'll pick it. All right. You can you can do mine. All right, Johnny, uh, so, you want to give us the elevator pitch on yours? Yeah, so this is for a, uh, a corporate client that I work with, and I got permission from the host to, to do this. He's very excited about getting a lot of feedback. He's new to the podcasting space. His podcast is less than a year old. It's called The Distribution by Juniper Square. And what Juniper Square does is they offer a software to... Uh, real estate companies that are raising money. And those companies that are raising money need a portal or a software to collect all of that investor data where investors can look in uh, and see, okay, this is how much money is being raised for this deal, yada, 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 communications between uh, people raising the money and people giving the money. And essentially what this podcast is about is talking with various folks across real estate and investing, whether that's private markets, public markets, and just getting a lot of their kind of how they, how did you get here today? And then a lot of like, what are your thoughts on the market today? And then what do you work in specifically? So the the audience here is executives within real estate, people that are raising money, people that are investing money in real estate. I'm Brandon Sedloff, Managing Director at Juniper Square, and you're listening to The Distribution by Juniper Square. Join us as we sit down with experts from commercial real estate, venture capital, and private equity to discuss trends in technology, 
fundraising, and private markets. We'll cover this and much more. On today's episode of The Distribution, I sit down with David Haber, a general partner at Andreessen Horowitz. At Andreessen Horowitz, David focuses on technology investments in financial services. Andreessen Horowitz is a venture capital firm that backs bold entrepreneurs building. And before anyone says anything, yes, the plosives are a problem. (laughs) Problem. So what is the microphone? He's using this just, uh, okay. He he has a tendency to have heavy pl- heavy plosives, and okay. you know I'm not I'm not going hard enough on removing those. The problem it's- with plosive removal is, and I'm just going to go deep now. Uh, the problem with plosive <laughs> removal is if you go too heavy on it, it removes a lot of the equalization and it makes your voice very tinny. If it if it kind of if you push it into overdrive, so it's finding that kind of balance. And I knew that that the plosives was a scuttlebutt issue, and honestly, I think to the average listener, it's not going to be. It's not a that big of a deal it wasn't it wasn't harsh to the ear i didn't catch it yeah i didn't either um i know jag did yeah jag did <laughs> i told johnny that offline i was <laughs> boss in public but go ahead go ahead dave do you, oh uh, yeah go ahead just yeah, a couple david. thank you Catherine. um just a comment and a question i guess one is um so juniper is the name of the company that is funding this podcast. Do I have that right? Or Johnny? Yes. Okay. So I just, I think that, I guess that was pretty clear to me. I just, the thought did cross my mind. Um, does it sound a little bit too much like an ad for Juniper at, at the top, but, but it does get, it did, it did sort of explain what we were going to get to my question about um, the, so you had the standard, the intro, and then you had the episode specific intro talking about the guest. Yeah. And I get I, it, now it sounds slick. It sounds professional. Production is excellent. The, the question I have is, well, could it be easier on everyone if instead of doing that pre-recorded that they read it? And I go back and forth on this. I have clients do it both ways, but that they read it at just at the beginning of the interview. You know, when they sit down with the person I'm today, I'm sitting down with so-and-so. Yes. The blah, 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 blah. Okay. So I think in some instances, that's my so one of the issues where we get cut off at 37 seconds is, uh, is that, you know, that intro is half background, half, what did we discuss over the course of the hour? So it's hard to read that at the top if you don't mm. necessarily know where the conversation is going to go, but you're, you are correct. So I don't mind jumping in here because I gave this a thick listen and there's a lot going on at the beginning. And then when we finally get to meet Mr. Haber, um, the question is what Brandon always asks as the first question. That's tell me about yourself. And from that, you can get many different answers from many different people. I don't think it's a great way to lead a podcast um, because people are going to go off into whatever direction. So the answer to that, tell me about yourself was six minutes and five seconds. And that's, that's a long time. Yeah. You know, and some people will, I'll go, I'll do it in 15 seconds, you know, cause that's my elevator pitch about who I am, but I know they realize that they're on a podcast. I, I just don't think it's a, there's two traps to these types of interviews that happen. One, you read the LinkedIn bio, hmm. um, which, you know, you know, on that's business happened a little bit, although I will point out that we got to the guest in the first minute of that, that's business, but there, what, what people need to do when they bring a guest on. You need to tell them immediately why 
does the listener need to listen to this entire show to the end? You need to get that reason out now. We can't sit and wait to find out why we are listening to listen because we're just going to be looking for jump off points. So it, it's, but Brandon needs to really just tell me why this is so important and why I need to listen to David Haber. And it turns out David Haber is a pretty interesting guy and has a lot of stories. But there's a few things that happened with the phrasing of the questions throughout the show that, that we danced around. And not until about minute 30 did I really say, oh, okay, I feel like I know the guest now and I'm going to listen to the rest. Mm-hmm. Um, most people may have already kind of dove off a little bit. So the only other thing for Brandon, who has a, he has a tough job here because he's got to make, make us interested in this show, um, is, is the questions. So he will ask a question. He qualifies why he's asking the question on just about every question. So it's um, things like, well, before we talk about this and before we cover FinCon and before we do this, I'd like to do that. And if just ask the question and, and just make it the shorter Brandon can make the question. Um, I think the more conversational it's, it's going to flow. And I know that Brandon has a responsibility to keep it on brand and to keep it, keep all the topic and subject matter going. But if you ask a nice short question, you can talk about FinCon when you're ready to talk about FinCon. You can talk about some of the other stories about you know Harvard and why he was uh, studied biology at the beginning. We can get to that thing. It's just a way of making it a little more personal. So think shorter questions. And, and I, I learned this a long time ago because I made mistakes when I interviewed the Rolling Stones or I interviewed somebody famous. I would ask long questions. I eventually determined if I could ask even the shorter the question I can ask, the smarter I sounded. Hmm. Strange as, as, as that sounds. Fantastic um, feedback. You get you get all the credit for it. Um, <laughs> but the shorter questions will also keep it very conversational. Uh, and it will make it sound a little bit conversational. Yeah, uh, less less like an interview and more like yeah. two guys talking, but there's the added value of what we're sharing. I have two other things that I noticed. Uh, I really want some artwork in this show. And I know sometimes it's like, well, who's got time for artwork? Well, I checked their website and they have an entire back room full of 10 people who are making artwork of all these guests all over the blog and all over the website. Mm. Um, inexcusable. Uh, Square 1400 by 1400, please put it into Spotify. And, and, and now Apple is supporting this stuff. Uh, one, one more piece of art will go a really long way to making the stream and the RSS feed look fantastic. And one of the things I do really like... Um, I'll just argue a little bit against myself on, on all those long answers that, that the guests gave is it's all being, it's all being used and repurposed in blog. It's very clever. Um, the way it's appearing on the website, the way they're using the content, the way they're pushing it out there, it's all being done really, really well. You talking about episode specific artwork, Matt, or yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I found, I found there was a rectangle picture of of the guest in the back end well just make a square one too and put it up on uh into the sure. uh, into the episode artwork you, if i may go next uh you may of course pick up that matt and i share a radio background because i kind of agree with everything he's already said but let me let me uh reinforce a couple points um the generic open at the very beginning i really liked because the show is called the distribution the distribution doesn't tell me anything but he does a very good job the host of explaining what the show is about in that very first piece i like that i agree with everybody so far and that the uh, episode specific intro could be shortened down a lot more as a lot of that's going to come out uh, in the interview with the guest um 
My thing is, and Matt touched on this a little bit, that first answer I jotted down went from minute two to minute seven. It was five, six minutes long. But in addition to that, there were really no spot, spots where the host jumped in to what the guest was saying. The host mm-hmm. would ask the question and then the guest would answer for four, five, six minutes. And then when he was done, the host would just proceed on, maybe comment on it and then go to the next question. A podcast, in my opinion, really should be more of a conversation. There was one point where the host sort of interrupted and then said, sorry to interrupt. And they kind of got back on track, which could be cut out in editing. That's a, that's a stylistic preference, honestly. But I would like to see the host interact with the guest a little bit more. As a host, it's very, uh, it's very, um, difficult and to sort of get past the, oh, I'm being rude. I'm interrupting somebody. It's very hard to sort of jump in, but as you do it more, you'll get more comfortable with it. I'd like to see more of a back and forth as opposed to question, answer, question, answer, question, answer, question, answer, end. I would like to see the host jump in a little bit more. Um, I, and to Matt's point, there were really great topics in terms of, you know, fintech. Um, there was one point where the, where they said, "Dumb it down for me," which was good because it was some of this content was a little over my head because I don't know a lot about the space. So I liked when they said, "Dumb it down." Um, talking about interest rates. Uh, so there were a lot of good topics and a lot of good content in here. I just would like to see a little bit more back and forth. And then one last technical critique, and I had told Johnny this offline too. Uh, the disclaimer at the end of the show is read by Johnny, and it's read slowly. I would say recut that or just speed it up in post. It's a disclaimer. It's it's just kind of there if it, because it has to be. Yeah. You can just read it quickly or, or speed it up with your audio uh, production software. Wait, now, wait a second, because I was actually going to use the contents of the podcast episode for investment advice. And then I heard Johnny's voice, his dulcet tones, encouraging me not to do that. And I, I just, I turned my entire life around. So uh, loving counterpoint, but I don't know about that, John. Hi, I'm Steve Yurko. And I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast, Four Kids Flashback. Four Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at Four Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four kids flashback. Have you ever thought, I'd love to have a podcast just like this one? Well, I can help. My name is Matt Cundell, and everyone at my company, the Sound Off Podcast Network, had a hand in making this show. Whether it was about the sound, the discoverability, or that you're just enjoying the show, we are all about the detail. If you think you have a podcast in you, reach out to me via email, matt at soundoff.network. Or check out the website and become one of the great podcasts we work with at soundoff.network. The Podcast Super Friends support Podcasting 2.0. So feel free to send us a boost if you're listening on a newer podcast app. Find the full list at newpodcastapps.com. Matt just put up a a question from listener Alan Grego. I apologize if I'm pronouncing your last name wrong, but how to politely cut off an interview subject. 
I think if you're recording on video and you can see each other, my tried and true was always just to, to put a finger up or, or wave or try to get their attention visually. Um, because I think sometimes you'll have a really insightful comment about what your guest is saying. And if you're afraid to interrupt, they may move on to the next point. And then it mm. becomes disjointed to try to come back. Well, that's a really good point. But before that, you said this. I want to come back to what you said about this. If you could say it's sometimes it can be rude. And you and it's the being rude is the lesser of two evils between that and losing some really good back and forth and really good content. If you've got a really good follow up question, of course, I'm not saying cut them off every chance you get. But if you feel that you've got something really important to say that's going to contribute to the conversation and the overall quality of the show as the host, sometimes you just have to put the etiquette to the side and jump in. I'll, anybody yeah. else want to this? piggyback off that i've i've said to hosts directly to do this and i've i've seen it happen in action this is all edited afterwards none of this is live so what i've encouraged and what i've seen hosts to do is if we've had tons of episodes where the guests just ramble on and on and on and on and on and they never shut up the hosts have to jump in and be like you have to let me have a chance to talk and yes, that might be awkward in the moment, but all of that's going to be edited out so the listeners yeah. don't hear it. But you, you, you also you, you layer on top of that. You say, "Look, I want you to come off in the best light. This is supposed to be a conversation. You talking for seven or eight minutes, like that's just it. Kind of stagnates everything. We need to have this kind of back and forth. So let's let's try that again. And you know, let's try and get something. And be you know, be like that. Like it's 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 supposed to be a conversation. Sometimes you have to be kind of curt and say, "Hey, stop." Stop talking for so long. One one radio uh, analogy that I'll make here is when we were, when I was running a radio station in New Orleans, we had a male and a female voiceover talent that we do our 30-second promos, whatever contest we had coming up on the radio station. And when I would produce the promo, I'd go male voice, female voice, male voice, female voice, male voice, female voice. And the reason is every time there's a change in who is speaking, that gets your attention. And if we all have the attention of goldfish, one voice going on for too long it's going to be very easy to, Matt's earlier point, to tune out. If you have that change in who's speaking, I'm not saying it's got to be every 10 seconds, but the, but if you have that at regular intervals, that will help keep the listener's attention. <laughs> I'm pointing at Catherine. You go oh, thanks. Now, go. <laughs> okay, great. Uh, and I, I, I wanted to share some of the comments about uh, the the podcast episode. I do also want to mention, I do have a family member who works for <laughs> Juniper Square. So just putting that out there as I, before I talk, one thing that really did, uh, was really winning quality for this uh, episode, Johnny, was expertise. It's really obvious that the host is an expert in his field. He's, uh, he knows who he's talking to as an audience and he, he knows who he's got as a guest. So all of that came through really strongly on this episode, which I think was really great. I mirror a lot of the comments that the other guys have already said. And I just wanted to put it out there, too, uh, in the idea of the journey. So a lot of the podcasts, as we've talked about, was the journey on how the guest got to where he is. There's also the chance too. you were just talking about this a moment ago with the editing. You could even try an editing trick where you as the producer puts that later on in the in the episode, the podcast episode. This 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 show could have really benefited from a get to the good stuff sooner and faster again because you know who the audience is it's a very specific audience you could even try and see if the journey story could work further in the podcast episode as uh, just through editing because i know i do know that when you're talking to a guest 
Sometimes the go through the journey is just a warm up to get comfortable with each other and get that get that flow going. The the contents that everybody knows you you know your own story. So maybe moving that physically. In, I mean, it, as an editing idea, might be a good idea to do down just just to give that a try instead. Dave, we we keep saying that podcasts should be conversations and not interviews, and that is really part of the art form of a podcast. So I completely agree. The the question looms to me, what percentage of time should the host be talking versus the guest talking? Mm. And when I've coached up the hosts, I've, I've thrown out the numbers 40, 60, you talk 40% of the time, the guest talks 60% of the time, 40% is a lot, right? Yeah. But in, in my opinion, unless the host host is really annoying, the ho- the host is the constant of the show. The host is often why the guest, the listeners will come back to the show they might come for the guest, but if they're going to come back, they got to come back. The host is the constant. So if the guest shares a story and the host has a similar story, reminds me of a story when I was, when I used to work in Detroit with Jag, what a great guy. Let me tell you about the time me and him bumped into um, Jared Goff. Terrible. Anyway. Um, so, too soon. Too soon. <laughs> sorry. But my, my, I'd be curious to hear what you guys think about that. The 4060 I just made up. I don't know if there's supposed to be a standard. As far as interrupting people, the only time I would really avoid interrupting a guest is if they are just telling some compelling story that you're on the edge of your seat and they're doing it wonderfully. There are all kinds of reasons why you would want to interrupt, not just that going on too long, but if they say something that you think the listener doesn't understand. Well, you know, back when I was working for the Greystone Incorporated, you know, you know what they do. Keep talking. It's like, well, now we don't know what Greystone is. Can you, just for the listener's sake, could you yeah, explain yeah. that? All kinds of stuff like that. And then my last question, I just, I'm full of questions today is if tell me about yourself is not a good first question, which I, I agree it is not. What is a good first question? Because I go back and forth with this. And sometimes I just say, tell me where you grew up. Cause that, cause then, you know, you might get a little color, about what it was like where they grew up, but there's no right answer to this, but I welcome thoughts on all the stuff I've thrown I'll, out there. I'll jump in here because Angela's first question is always tell me about your childhood because that, that sort of sets the stage. That's that's her go-to first question. I am trying to, uh, one of the podcasts I work on is uh, for a local chamber of commerce and we've realized our mistake in the first couple seasons of the podcast of asking all about their business. Folks interact with each other in our chamber of commerce and do business with each other when they get to know each other at events on a personal level. So we've pivoted in our third season to start asking the guest about them as a person first. And I'll even in my prep before the podcast say, give me an icebreaker. You know, tell me something interesting about yourself that no, nobody would expect. And I'm, you know, it might jump in. Okay, who knew you played the pick? You played the piccolo. How long have you been playing the piccolo? <laughs> you know, whatever it ends up being. So having having a hook uh, i'm going to use um uh, joel salcihai who produces the stacking benjamin podcast used to be based here in detroit now he's based out of texas he had a podcast we went a few years ago we've talked about this before he put up a slide of a car crashing into a lake anybody said know what this is it was the beginning of a james bond movie the james bond analogy is every james bond movie starts with a car chase a car crash some action scene that hooks you right away And I'm not saying you've got to have something sensational in every podcast, but if there's a really good piece of content, you guys gave me the the analogy from the podcast with Angela, where she, you know, um, the guest got a teaching job over 500 other candidates because she was the only one in the interview who could say what book she was reading for a potential English teacher. 
that's compelling. That you're right. The show could have started with that. So give me something right out of the gate uh, for that. I might, as a friendly amendment, I might say I like the childhood question. How about tell me a, a pleasant memory from your childhood? Tell me your there best you memory from your childhood, <laughs> and then you, then you get a story. I mean, why not? I, I ask the same question on my podcast uh, pretty much every time. The podcast is about broadcast, and everybody can relate to this. And that's how did you get into broadcasting? Yeah. That's good because that prompts a, a specific story for sure. Yeah. Are we ready to move on to our next podcast? Sure. Matt, if you have your own audio, you are going to be in the hot seat for this one. This is called the 905ers if you want to give us your elevator pitch on the show. Okay, so just um, for, I do not produce the show. It is, uh, it is presented live on Cryer Media, but I am their consultant. Okay. Um, so I have been working with them. The 905, if you ever punch that into your phone, it means you're going to be dialing the area surrounding Toronto. So not 416 is Toronto. It's the area surrounding Toronto, so very suburban. And thought to be a bit of a bellwether when it comes to elections in Canada. It can be very liberal or it can be very conservative. But it is generally thought that if you can win this area, you can do quite well uh, in an election. Um, the show is done by Ronald Tanner and Joel McLeod. They're longtime activists, volunteers, and uh, clearly want to be politicians. Um, but they do a, a lively weekly podcast featuring interviews with people in the news. They do some roundtable discussions. Um, the episode I gave you was the year end in review, and it's a Christmas episode, or at least was released around Christmas. Their aim, though, is to be intelligent, thought-provoking, lively, and entertaining all at once. And uh, with that, we'll just fire up the first uh, 37 seconds of the show. And welcome to the final Nine and Fiverr episode of 2023. And uh, as I guess is now traditional, uh, traditional for us and traditional for just about every other news current affairs program in, in the known universe, we're going to look back on the year that was and um, also look forward to the, to the new year to come and uh, kind of review what we looked at and um, uh, make some... And there you have it. That's the first cliffhanger. Yeah. <laughs> On the edge of my seat. Um, can I just say something right off the bat? And then, David, I know you're 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 keen on doing the doing <laughs> the first thirty seven seconds. You get the first thirty seconds. <laughs> uh, I would just pump up. I would change out that show artwork really quickly because I know I know that image because I've used that image and it's podcast microphone on Google search. Um, I would do a, a skyline of the 905 area in Toronto. Um, I think because and that's kind of the bigger thing of mine is this community building aspect. But I would just I would change that quickly. I have I have a question. Um, it we know that it's a news. We know from the very top. Um, I mean, I learned it's it's current current affairs. It's news, and I know that this episode is going to look back on the year that was. That's all really good. Does the podcast have more of an angle that separates it from other news that you could say this is the podcast where we look at news in a particular way or not necessarily? No, I would say say that I think there's a lot of assumptions about who they are and what they what their stances Stand are, and where they come from. Um, I also have time. I mean, if I didn't know the show, I probably wouldn't know the difference between the two hosts, like which one's Joel. Yeah. And they don't they they don't announce that either. So 
Yeah, so that, that would be um, supporting your partner. So using the names, I guess, between yeah. one another when you're doing a show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, if it's a leading, if they're leading personalities in news in Toronto, maybe then you've, you've got yourself a show and they're going to have their audience. But do you see what I'm asking about? Like the, there are a bazillion news podcasts. Could this be the one that does X, Y, Z? Yeah, I think the thought was it's the 905ers. So we deal with the area around 905 because so much about Toronto is is 416 in Toronto, Toronto Maple Leafs. Oh. If you just... If you just turned on the TV in the British Columbia, you'd think the Toronto Maple Leafs were the only team. And I think most Toronto media is really centered in downtown Toronto. But then when mm-hmm. you get to the outside of the city, it's the 905 feels like a forgotten area. And I think they feel as though they're serving that particular area. Oh, so that's your niche. Yeah, that that answers the question. Sure. I'll jump in. Um, Matt, can you give us a little bit of color here? Because the first story they talked about was this big corruption case. Um, they called Super it. They, they, interesting. They called it, they compared it to Watergate. Um, mm-hmm. and, and then there was actually a, even a genocide comparison at one point, which was, was like, rubbed me a little bit the wrong way. But what was the, <laughs> what was the, what was the corruption case that they were talking about just for our listeners here today? So the premier of Ontario is Doug Ford. He's a conservative, larger than life kind of guy. His brother is the late, was uh, the mayor of Toronto. He's, he passed away. The Ford, Ford family are a little right. bit, um, they're, they're characters as it were. Um, Doug Ford, I, th- I think there's the green there's a green belt area around Toronto, which is like we're not going to develop here. Well, mm. amazingly, somebody found a way to start developing there, and it has a government connection, and it, it was very dirty. Um, and in the end, there was really no choice but around I think October November for the for the premier to say, yeah, yeah, you caught us with the hands in the cookie jar. They did a very good job. Thank you for that, Matt. They did a very good job of citing uh, Narwhal, which is a local uh, news organization, and the reporting they did on that. I, I give them I give them credit for giving Narwhal credit uh, for breaking the story and really taking the lead on it. Um, I'm glad you specified, Matt, that this show is done live because in the first few minutes of the show, there were just, to me, an excessive amount of ums and uhs. I wonder if it's worth an investment from their side or, or whoever's in charge of the show to have somebody edit the podcast version. Uh, it, I found it to be very distracting, the amount of ums and uhs from both hosts at the very beginning of the show. Um, or there are, of course, aside from Toastmasters classes, there are, you know, the one of the old tricks is take a breath, silence is better than um or uh, if you give yourself a beat to think about what you're going to say next. Uh, um, uh, uh, <laughs> you know, um, Jay, can you give a quick tutorial on how to, how easy that can be? Because I don't think a lot of people know how easy it can be to remove ums and ahs with with the programs like Descript and stuff. Yeah, Descript has an auto uh, feature that does that. There are other programs that edit as well. As as you get experience editing, you can often see what an um or an uh looks like as you're flying through the waveform. You'll nice see little it block. Yeah. It's that little block that you get rid of. You can load your audio into a program like Descript uh, with the right level of uh, subscription. I think it's thirty bucks a month. You can have it sort out all ums and uhs, a couple clicks, and they're all gone. I think that can be very useful to a lot of our listeners. Is it foolproof? No. Do you have to go through it by hand afterwards and check it? Yes, but it'll do 90% of the work for you. Uh, I think that's certainly very helpful there. One thing I wanted to call out on the show as well is the language. And Matt, here's where you're going to have to mark this episode as explicit because I'm going to quote them directly. Uh, a little bit later in the show, they got into uh, one of the challengers uh, or prime minister, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and he, he called him a, quote, 
fucking stupid little shithead and one of the most odious creeps in Canadian history. Oh, and, I, could, I could play it if you want. Oh, yeah. You have that. Um, and if all you're doing each time the province makes a screw up is uploading those costs and those responsibilities to the federal government, mm-hmm. then we're kind of in trouble, uh, particularly when, you know, good chance the next prime minister is a fucking stupid little shithead. Um, <laughs> most odious creep in Canadian history before he's even in government. Um, you know, God help us. Um, <laughs> I, th- that, again, I'm not, I am certainly not one to complain about language, but I think if you're going to use language like that, and they did apologize for the language at one point because they're Canadian and they're nice people, but I think if you're going to use language like that, that's got to be part of your brand. You have to decide for your brand, yay or nay on language like that. I'm an occasional four-letter word here and there, but to use language that strong, obviously this is somebody who they detest politically, and that's fine. Are they going to? Are, is that going to be part of your brand that you're going to just go off like that? And if so, that's a strong statement, and that's fine. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it, but if you don't want that to be your brand, you've got to pull back on the language a little bit. I thought, yeah, was, it kind of uh, it, it takes. It kind of takes you out of the show, doesn't it? Like, yeah. The and maybe it's because we're dumb Americans and we assume anyone with an accent like that is refined and smarter than us. <laughs> and then all of a sudden they drop an f bomb like that. But well, I agree with you, Jagged. And that, but the, but then you know I have certain pods where where the f bombs sound natural because it's comedy or it's just in the flow absolutely. of things. And for those, for whatever it's worth, if I use a, a promo or a teaser quote from like pull that and it contains a swear word i will beep it out there in a teaser because, i agree in a teaser because i don't want it i don't want it slammed over people's heads like that but anyway i well think, I think about let me let me let me counter what you guys have said loving pushback uh i made a note here that said p- political shows tend to have rabid listeners people like are tuning into this show because they're politically aligned with these folks mm-hmm. most likely um they may want to really hear that. They're just like, yes, you're so right. Thank you for saying that. Like, they're just, it's so like, when people tend to listen to political content, they're wanting to have their beliefs affirmed and be like, what I, what I believe is right. And they may hate this guy so much. It sounds like he's like a Trump type guy that just people just have like such this like horrendous reaction to them as a person and their politics that like, that may be how a lot of their listeners are feeling. And they may love the fact that he said that about that person. So, I think, I, I think, yeah, you, you might have to be turned around there. a little bit. Yeah. Well, th- that's, that's a great point. Do they, what's the name of the show? Uh, Pod Save America. Did yeah. they drop, did they drop F- F-bombs yes, on that do. show? They do. They and do. I'm, a, and I'm okay. quite honestly a fan of that show. I, th- because I lean uh, left politically, but the, I, they go back to my original point. I don't have a problem with it in principle. My, my question is, do you want that to be part of your brand? Are you that gung ho? Are you the cuss about, guy? Yeah. Are, are you hating this guy that much? that you're okay with that in the show, or do you want to pull back from that strong language a little bit? But John, do you want to continue with any other critiques you had on the show? Yeah. And I apologize if there's anything else you wanted to wrap up. on. No, I'm good. Okay. Um, So number one, uh, I thought that this was an excellent exercise to listening to things outside of your political circle. I don't Mm. lean to the left. And so to, for me to have to sit down for an hour and listen to people that lean very left and listen to what their beliefs are outside of American politics, even listening to like this little section of Canadian politics was really just like, I think it's healthy for people to listen to stuff outside of their bubble. So I would encourage people to do that. Um, my biggest thing was really just uh, one community 
And two, a little bit of show notes improvement. Like you hit on Jag with the Narwhal reporting. Let's throw some links into what those yeah. articles were. All of the, give me the Narwhal website. Let me go, let's promote these people. If they did such an amazing job of like calling out this government corruption, let's give them their flowers, not only in the audio, but in the show notes. Let's push people to their website. Um, I would love to have seen articles linked to the million March protests against the school boards that they talked about. Let's see all of that reporting that you guys are talking about, because I'm sure you have it pulled up in front of you. Like, let's just let's just, you know, it's easy as pie to throw that in the show notes. Um, another quick thing would be uh, I didn't hear any call to action. What do you want me to do? Like, I found your podcast. Do you want me to follow you? Where do you want me to follow you? Are you guys on social media? Where else do you guys talk about this kind of stuff? Give me something to do now that I'm listening to your show. Ask me to do something. And if I enjoy the show, I'm happy to do it for you. Uh, the last thing is community building. Like I said, these political shows tend to have very rabid listeners and they want to find like-minded people like themselves. Mm -hmm. I think that this show would benefit from creating some kind of community, whether they mentioned mm -hmm. that they have like the buy me a coffee or they have their own website to get extra content, but maybe include something where the listeners can actually engage with each other. If they want to build up this 905 community and really push their political agenda, they need they need foot, they need foot not foot soldiers, but they need people <laughs> behind them to to come together and connect and that's how they can also monetize on top of that is like hey join our community for a dollar 99 a month meetups online message boards i'm sure there's a huge opportunity for because it's so it's so based around their geographical location that the opportunity for in-person events whether it's built around like protesting something or whether it's like just meeting up and hanging out with the host i think there's a huge opportunity for that i have something i wanted to sure to share with you because I think the show is going to go through a little bit of a transition. Mm -hmm. So um, are you guys seeing this on my screen here? Yes. yes. Okay. And you're seeing, oh, good. You're seeing a lot of it too. So this is uh, Joel, who's the host. And he goes, he went and tweeted the other day that he doesn't understand how, and this is the guy that was being sworn about, how <laughs> this conservative politician, you know, I, I don't know anybody who likes him. And there's just utter contempt for most of the people we've talked about for this man. And then I retorted, I said, well, it's simple math. The price of this man is better than the price of our current prime minister. And then Joel says, well, not according to everybody I speak with. And I said, listen, ah. <laughs> Joel, here's the 905, okay? Um, the smattering of red that you see in the middle, that's Toronto. And that blue is mainly the 905. So you might need to figure out why most of the people in the 905 seem to have switched and gone blue. Um, and he, he agrees it's not a bad idea. Okay, that, that's fine for one episode, but I think he's dealing, and I think the show is dealing with change in the area. It's going from being a liberal area to a conservative one. So how do we wrestle that? Does this mean, Johnny, we can swear more? Does it mean we can double down on, on, on the stance? Or, and what's going to happen when we, they build that community? Is it going to be like, it's going to be fight night? A quick Fight clarifier, Matt is is the color is the color correlation to political parties the same as America? Blue is left. No, we're reversed. No. Red is right. Yeah, it's reversed. reversed. Okay, so oh, so, that's so a good for, point. For, I, I missed that. Yeah, the blue listeners. is conservative. Yeah, yeah. Well, blue is now leaning towards the more conservative Republican, as it would be in American terms, Correct. versus the red in Toronto is very liberal, progressive, as it would be blue in American terms. Correct. So you just pointed out a huge echo chamber to them, Matt. That's, I mean, that's like the classic, I don't know anybody who voted for Nixon. That That's like a sort of an American comparison where it's like, oh, well, yeah, because you don't know it. Yeah, just because you don't know anybody that's going there. So, so um, do they have to change their show at all or what do they need to pay attention to or do they do nothing? But I just mean changing their political beliefs because these guys yeah. lean very far to the left in an area that's becoming more right leaning. 
There's, well, there's, I, fr- there's natural friction in there, which could be a great show. Yeah. I was going to say, the, the thing, one of the strengths of this show is that these guys know who they are and they're, they're standing on their, their beliefs. They're, they're putting forth their, their, their viewpoints and that's coming through. So I, I don't know, as long as they know that that's what they are, you're, now you're making me question, maybe they don't know what they are. Um, and then I wanted to write off of one of Johnny's points about the community building. If they're actually doing something, I think that this show would be uh, have a do well to have their housekeeping, all the stuff that's at the end, all those call to, calls to action, all those ways to get involved. I think that they should integrate that into the middle of the show where more people are paying attention and they can do it very naturally. And then I think that they can encourage that feeling of like, we are and, you know, it's it's you guys with us. It's the audience with us. We are this community and make it feel more instead of just two guys talking like they're they're doing something. They're demonstrating political power. They're a, a force to be reckoned with or whatever they want to whatever their goal is. But I think that they could you could build that in. Uh, a little bit earlier in the show, naturally, like it's part of the show. I also want to share a comment about structure. This show, to me, really could have benefited from some even subtle structure. Uh, Talking about, you know, this was the year-end wrap-up. Announcing at the start of the show, we're going to talk about the top five stories from 2023. Or we made seven predictions back in January. Let's see how we did. Because I think this this episode really would have benefited, in my opinion, from milestones so that the audience knows where we are and where we're headed. It could even be kind of fun, like if if it's top news stories, you could say, uh, or let's say predictions, you know, the feds are going to get involved in housing, which was one of their one of their topics. How did we do? Prediction came true. Or, you know, they even just saying the word prediction and then a short sentence on what that prediction was, boiled down nice and crystallized, and then announcing, we got that one right, and then go into their discussion, just helps break up the show, keeps it a little bit organized and moving along. Hello, I'm Wendy Mesley. There you are. A lot of people have wondered what happened to you. I could say the same about you, Maureen Holloway. Well, here we are, a few years after we left our previous jobs. We've been busy. We have a podcast. I know, you're thinking, who doesn't? But ours is really good. It's called Women of Ill Repute. We don't just talk to women, though. Just the most interesting people you'd ever want to meet. Artists, musicians, comedians, doctors, activists, convicts, writers, sex workers. Drop some names. Jan Arden, Pamela Anderson, Bruce Coburn. Samantha Irby, Louise Penny, Marilyn Dennis, Colin Mockery. We laugh, we cry, sometimes we argue. Come and find us. Our website is womenofillrepute.com. Or try Apple, Spotify, and all the podcast places. So now you know what happened to us, Women of Ill Repute. The Podcast Super Friends support Podcasting 2.0. So feel free to send us a boost if you're listening on a newer podcast app. Find the full list at newpodcastapps.com. All right, next we will put Catherine in the hot seat quite literally because she is the co-host of the show that she submitted to us. Um, as we <laughs> Let's call in, that. Making faces. Uh, well, I'll say on-air producer. How about that? Smidgen is the podcast of Red Stick Spice Company. It's a, all about home cooking. If you need a little inspiration in your kitchen, Ann Milnick, chef and spice girl, has something for you. I love food trends. Why? 
Food trends give me a peek into what people are getting excited about. They give me a sense about what home cooks are thinking about, what their mood is, what's going on in their families and their homes. Food trends also give me a chance to bring out well-tested, tried-and-true recipes that I know my customers are going to love. So when I saw this list from Southern Living about the food trends for 2024, I knew I had to talk about it. On this episode of Smidgen, seven food trends that are going to shape your 2024. I'm Ann Milnack, chef, Spice Girl. I like Spice Girl, by the way. That's <laughs> yeah, that's her. And this is Smidgen, then music right after that. <laughs> Who wants to jump in first? Uh, I, I only go. Uh, no, go ahead. On the intro? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I only have one, one thing, and that's... Um, <laughs> don't make fun of me. And that's... Um, the, the the an opening like that i want i want it to be a little more conversational she sounds like she's reading from a script maybe she's not but to me that that should be punchy it's like hey you know what i love trends whenever i see one of those lists i want to see what the trends are for the year so you know i saw this article and so we're going to talk about it today i can't wait to get to the show here we go something like that that's my only thought I'm going to give a loving counterpoint to Dave because I actually really loved the intro because I think she, in that first, in that clip that you heard, I forget how many seconds Matt chose, but was it 43? Uh, 37. 37. 37. And to be completely unfair to Catherine, uh, at 38 and a half, the jingle to the show kicks in. (laughs) (laughs) I loved the first 37 seconds because (laughs) Anne got my attention right away. She said, she told me, we talked about the James Bond thing earlier. She told me what she, what is coming up in this episode trends, why she loves trends here, what the trends are going to be going into 2024. I thought the setup was terrific. Um, I think Catherine and the producer, uh, co slash sort of co-host role, but on your producer, if you prefer. Thank you. Okay. I think you did a fantastic job throughout this podcast of making in the star, making sure the spotlight stayed on her making sure that it was about her and what she wanted to accomplish and promote in the show. You did a very good job of putting her front and center. And that's not an easy skill as a, whether you want to call it a producer or co-host, but that's, you, you did a very good job of that. I, I feel. Um, She does a very good job in going through different trends. She talked about French toast, Italian food, mocktails, teas as, as the episode went through. She does a very good job in this being a branded podcast of tying and you as well of tying the trends back to things that they have available at the Red Stick Spice Company without being overly salesy. It was not an infomercial by any stretch of the imagination, but she seamlessly wove those into the conversation of, oh, we're talking about this trend. Uh, we've, you know, if you're interested, if you can pick up this spice or this ingredient, we have that for you here. Very well uh, gone in there. Um, talked about a, uh, a tahini latte and the emphasis of make this make this like she had conviction when she said that but her that said that i think not you yeah right yeah. um um minor critiques uh there was a little bit of crosstalk throughout the episode where i think you stepped on each other a little bit i think that can be fixed a little bit more in post-production um and i think there was something you can clarify on this catherine about a drinking game by mentioning a chef Kenji or something along the way. Yeah, so we have a running gag on the show about because there there are some things that we re- repeat a lot, and one of them is Kenji Lopez Alt, who is a sort of a very prominent, uh, famous food writer, 
chef. He's got shows. He's got the whole shebang. Yeah. So in the he came up a couple of times. So I was like, oh, I'm sorry. The drinking, you know, you're overly committed with the drinking game here. Yeah. So is that is that an is that an inside joke between listeners and the host between episodes or just that particular episode? That runs no, that runs through <laughs> we have a drinking game uh, uh mention almost not just with him, but just there's several things that we that come up throughout all the episodes. So if you've listened to more than one episode, like I'll sometimes I'll say, Oh, if you're playing the smidgen drinking game, a little note is coming up here. We're gonna talk about quick pickles because that's one of the things that comes up a lot. And, and I think you explained that well later in the episode with the quick pickle analogy, but I think glossed over it with the Chef Kenji piece of it. Sure. Remember, keeping in mind, this is the first episode I've heard of the show, right. and a listener is going to hear your most recent episode first, most likely. I think if you're going to reference the drinking game, even if it's to take a quick five-second stop down to reference what's happening, because for a moment I got lost. Um, so so fun content idea. Just just really quick point, Jag, and right back to you. Um fun content idea, Catherine, is if you're running a show that has a lot of inside jokes, every like 10 or 12 episodes or so, a fun segment to do is like, all right, one of the lovely things is that our community is still growing, but we have Mm. people that have been listening to us since day one, and we have a lot of inside jokes we've developed over the years. So we're going to spend the next 10 minutes going over the top five (laughs) inside jokes, where they came from, what they mean, because you're going to be hearing them a lot throughout the show. That's great. Um, Final final point uh, at the end, Catherine, your tie into sharing the episode and getting it out to friends and family, I thought was phenomenal. I thought you did a terrific job with that at the end as far as uh, getting it out. The, the two of you have great chemistry. It shows you genuinely like each other. It shows, I think, uh, I, I think there's a lot of a lot of good banter and back and forth. I, I really enjoyed this episode a lot. Thanks. Good, very good feedback, John like or Matt. To- I'd like to apologize, by the way, that the artwork that I have here has nothing to do with the episode, but it's the best picture I could find. Um, I want a duck when I see that. Um, <laughs> Look out for the cast iron. So, Catherine, smidgen, red stick, spice. Food is huge in American culture, not only because we love to eat it, we love to look at it, we love to cook it, but the key word there is look at it. We can't do that on a podcast. Why are the shows like Gordon Ramsay shows? There's a million different cooking shows out there and they're so popular on visual mediums because food is such a visual concept. I feel like there's room to improve the podcast to make it more appealing because of it, because it's food. It's hard to, it's hard to really detail recipes and the different types of food that we're making when it's only audio. I think that my biggest thing here is that we can really differentiate this show through sound design. Food, again, is it's such a visual type of content. So how do we, quote, spice things up when we're audio only? <laughs> and I know you mentioned you guys are potentially getting into video soon. Don't want to throw the cat out of the bag. Yeah, let's, we'll talk about that more. <laughs> but um, I think that you could really benefit from stock sounds, sizzling, fizzy water being poured in the background when we're talking about different foods. If we're talking about uh, the Italian homemade dishes that, that was mentioned in the episode, uh, music from the countries like that so some bit some stock italian music in the background just to just kind of get us really into the mood and the feeling of cooking and what because cooking is such like a it really brings us back to our roots i think that there's a really great opportunity to just make the <laughs> show feel feel something so much more when you're talking about these different things okay oh and then the other thing was uh is there opportunity to like discuss the origin of dishes? Maybe there, there's history behind all of these things that we come to know and love that we make in the kitchen. So 
I think that history and providing backgrounds of where these dishes were, when they were invented, how they were came up, if there's a funny story behind it, I think it can just bring a different angle okay. uh, other than just like, I really have, love making this. But I think the biggest highlight of the show is that you can tell that the host really loves food and cooking and everything That's around true. it. And the passion really comes through and it makes you really, even if you don't love food or cooking, if you're listening to this, you're like, holy shit, like this is so exciting. Because you can really... It's infectious. You can feel her passion coming through. So I think overall, you know, duplicate what Jack said. You guys have a great chemistry in the show. The show is great. So I concur with all that. I always sort of come back to artwork with this, um, but you mentioned you've got something in the works for it. Uh, the show makes me hungry. Um, <laughs> you're talking about using brioche bread to create French toast off the top. So that's a bunch of calories there. And then You're making the, me hungry now, Matt. And then there was, get this, there was no boil lasagna. Um, like how to use the lasagna noodles to like in a no boil fashion. I'm like, I totally want that for dinner every night. And I totally should not have that for dinner every night. <laughs> um, so there's a bit of a guilty pleasure, you know, listening to this. Um, and I do enjoy, listen, I, I know I say, oh, come on, artwork. Come on, sound design. I just love listening to people talk about food because it makes me hungry and gets me excited to eat. So yeah, I love I love the show and you do, you do a great job um you know with it. The intros by the way are quite there's more to the intros. What I know we got through the first 37 seconds and that was it. They're kind of poetic the way they come together and lead into the jingle for the show. So I I went back and listened to a few other intros like they're kind of poetic. I like them. Thanks, Matt. There's some work that goes into it. Well, let me I just say that it. Thank you. Wow. Uh, well, let me just say this. Smidgen has by far had a huge impact on my own home kitchen. I benefit from all of these recipes. Uh, Bob, my dear husband, is a smidgen super fan, and I benefit royally from this. So <laughs> I, it's been it's been glorious. But those are all excellent points, especially some of the, the history. I'm going to think about the sound design because we could dip into cheese pretty fast there. No pun intended, but yeah, that yeah, I like, yeah, I, mean, yeah, I like, like this five seconds of like, Oh, we're talking about tahini latte and you hear the kettle boiling in the back. Yeah. We've done, we've done some, uh, like a toaster bing to like, yeah. to indicate different things. So we'll, I'll, but I'll look back into it. That's great. Thank get, you so much. You guys, if you get to the cheese, be sure to fold in the cheese. <laughs> Just fold it in. Catherine, do you have a zoom H five or something like that? I do. Bring it in the kitchen. Yeah. You don't even have to worry about uh, royalty or buying sound effects. You could just uh, record it yourself like like old school. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. All right, our final podcast uh, sent in order in which it was submitted to the group uh, would be <laughs> would be the uh, sports card madness show from David Yaz. Elevator pitch, please, sir. Yeah, uh, so it is what it sounds like. Um, Nick Andrews and his buddy LB are... Sports card enthusiasts, they took up the hobby about a year ago and is your classic um, passion niche podcast is a better word for that. But it's for people who are want to uh, collect sports cards, autographs, memorabilia. I think that's all that needs to be said. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Sports Card Madness, the podcast that focuses on sports cards, collectibles, the hobby and everything else in between. And now brought to you by Fanatics Live. We had an amazing guest on this week, Scott Smith. He's also known as the Sports Illustrated King. 
And he told us a lot of great stories about some of the celebrities he's chased, everything from trying to give MJ $10,000 in cash to sign some magazines to hanging out with others. And uh, it, it was pretty wild. Question for you off the bat, Dave. Was this done live in your studio or was it done on, oh, online, Riverside? How no, was- to be clear, um, I helped launch the podcast and I've stayed on sort of as a consultant. So this particular episode, I, I didn't have hands-on producing, but it, that's, that's just Nick talking into his microphone. Um, and for, you- the, for, the, for the interview, do you know if it was done live or if it was done online? Do you know? I'm almost sure it was done on Zoom. Uh, the quality was very good. I could have, okay. I, I would have, I could have, if you had told me that they were all in the same room sitting around the table, I would have believed you. I thought the quality was very good. It sounded very good. Um, I loved the Purdue Open. We didn't get to there. We, as a Boston sports fan, you've got uh, the Patriots winning the Super Bowl and the Steal by Bird and all that. I thought the Purdue Open was great. That's got your fingerprints as a Boston guy all over it. Which well, ironically, yeah, ironically, I didn't do He's referring to there's a bit of music followed by um, famous sports calls, a couple of them Boston um, themed. But um, Nick actually took great pains to get uh, something that sounds a lot like a Nirvana song, but it actually isn't. To avoid co- to avoid copyright problems, but then, and um, sorry, Nick, if you're listening, but you probably should have thought about copyright law when you had the the sports broadcast. Although <laughs> maybe he gets away with that because it's news. I don't know. So. Um, I the, the I think the others will, will echo this as we get on with it, but the the content was great. The the content was an interview with a Sports Illustrated collector who gets all these uh, autographs from various uh, athletes and celebrities and really gets into the nitty gritty of how he finds out where they're going to be at a hotel and gets them to sign things. What the what Nick alluded to in the intro uh, about offering Michael Jordan ten grand to sign the uh, the 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 Sports Illustrated's that were on, that he was on the cover of that that Nick didn't have uh, or that sorry that Scott the guest didn't have it was a great story. I thought Nick could have used a little bit more uh, energy in that in the open, the dry open that uh, that Matt just played. This is goes back to a point we made about the other podcasts. The clip about him telling offering Jordan ten grand cash on the golf course to sign a stack of Sports Illustrateds. It's a great teaser. Give me the audio of him yeah. telling that story as opposed to Nick telling us about what happened. It's a good tease, but the audio I think would print more and have more of a pop to it. And then also, Nick did not introduce himself by name. He said, I'm here with LZ. At no point did I know his name was Nick until LZ addressed him by name several, uh, several minutes into the show. Um, he, you know, the content was great. The guest was great. Um, you know, uh, uh, the questions were great. The interview was fantastic. And, you know, the, I learned something that there's, uh, this is, there's a, a thing. There are people who actually do this and get, yeah. and get autographs. And, you know, and I was left with the question of, well, if they, if he gets all these people to sign things for free, do you know, and then he sometimes turns around and makes a profit off it. Is that, is that a little odd? How does that play out? Like that was asking myself about this a little bit too. I would have liked to see uh, maybe a question about that, but overall I thought the show was very compelling and very interesting. You know, David, you said earlier, you said, you, you said, oh, niche, but I don't know if that's the right word. I think that's the perfect word because these guys know they're, they're part of the niche. They're part of this niche community. They know it inside and out. There was a couple of times when they used a little bit of jargon, which I think maybe, but it worked because it's for this community, a community that I'm not a part of. And to me, that's always the true test is like, 
I don't, you know, I don't know a lot about sports. I, you know, I know, I know the magazine Sports Illustrated. I had no clue this kind of uh, fervor for, I didn't know this was a thing, but, but they do. And, but it was still very interesting. And I, you know, I listened, I followed through completely. So that all really worked. I have to say the one thing that I would add to this show is kind of like what we mentioned for the 905er. It sounds like that there's a Facebook groups or there's other communities that they're a part of. I would have loved them that for that to be part of their call to action. I don't know if they have their own Facebook group, but it sounds like this is a pretty tight knit community and maybe connecting with the audience members in that way might been, have been a little effective. And then my other comment is they, they have their one stock question that they ask at the end. I would have loved to have like a fun lightning round. This community has a lot of, I'm guessing lore. I'm guessing common things that everybody knows about. I would love them to do like a boom, 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 yes, no, true, false, overrated, underrated kind of fun thing towards the end. I think that would have been great. But this was a very interesting uh, walk into a community I know nothing about. Yeah, Jag and Catherine, you guys echo my thoughts exactly. The 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 10K to Jordan, like I would have loved to have heard that right off the top. You you talk about we have three seconds to hook our audience, whether it's a short, whether it's a podcast. That is something that just gets you in there. And it sounds like this is gonna be that's gonna be a recurring theme. Like they these people are people that collect cards and autographs and sports memorabilia, they're interesting people. So you're never gonna be short on a hook. You will always have a three to five second thing to drop at the beginning of an episode. So I would just make that a part of the formula. And then the community thing is what Catherine hit on too. Like these people, they live off of collecting things, buying them from other people and then selling them to other people. They're all like bringing them all together to share what they have and potentially doing deals with each other and things like that. There's such an opportunity there. And for the podcast to be kind of the HQ that brings them all together is a huge opportunity to bring in more listeners because there's Great tons, point. tons of people that collect sports memorabilia and cards and things like that. That, that may not know about this podcast. Yeah, I don't know what you guys have found, but a great point about community. And my advice usually is if, because there are a lot of Facebook groups that are homes for these these niches, right? Or whatever they are, these passions people have. Yeah. A lot of them won't let you advertise a podcast on there because they think you're being self-promotional or whatever. My advice is usually, so start your own group. You know, yeah, they, they, yeah. they could they yeah, could start their own group and don't don't call it sports card madness necessarily. Um, I mean, Why not? you could. Well, just because it's the, the point of it is to be a community for not just not just the podcast. That's all I'm saying is like it really should be about the topic. So maybe it is OK to call it sports card madness, but create a community where people are just talking about and then you've got a natural way to promote the podcast. So You already outed me. Uh, for Nirvana Come As You Are, the ripoff, that is very, very clever. I, yeah. and, I, and I liked it. Um, mm. I, I don't think it's a problem, um, but I did enjoy it. I, I felt there were three intros to the show. So there's the one off the top, and then there was the next intro, and then the next intro. And I'm not sure who sponsors this show. Is it? You um, mentioned it up the top. That's a new sponsor, so that was just, news to me. I, yeah, great for but, them for getting sponsor. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that, that that's awesome, too. Um, but then... I think to the, you know, the clip of the intro, of the Michael Jordan in the Bahamas. Um, yeah, that could, that's probably the way to lead. Uh, I mean, there's three intros there and it took a little time to get into it. Um, the only other thing I would just point out, David, is if you got a few minutes, just toss this into Amazon and iHeart 
and especially iHeart because they've got a lot of sports properties. And mm. so um, maybe you can catch a little bit of extra search. So th- those two sure. apps, if you can. Thank you, Matt. That's a good. That's a good point. Um, the rest of it, I mean, Reddit comes to mind. You can actually mm. get yeah. your own Reddit uh, yeah. group if you want for the for this. Four chan. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, great, and, show, great show, by the way. Great length. Thought it was good length and and, and enjoyable too. I been a long time since I've thought about baseball cards or uh, sports cards. Anyway, mm-hmm. in a week, by the way, when Sports Illustrated uh, let everyone go. Yeah, it went under basically. Oh, the irony. Yeah. Yep. I listened to it on a plane last night. I thought it was. I thought it was a, a very enjoyable flight listening to this podcast. <laughs> Thank you all. Excellent points. All right. Uh, does anybody have any? Uh, I know we ran long tonight, but does anybody have any final thoughts? Uh, a Jerry Springer final thought as we uh, go around the table here, or should we just give our plugs and wrap up? You can I, find all of us on Twitter. So if you want us to do this with your show, mm, DM mm. us and we will do it. So all five of us are on Twitter X. Uh, that's probably the best place, uh, at least for me. Or if you went in our plugs, find other ways. But uh, if you want this to happen to your show, I think we gave out some, everyone gave some really great advice on five different podcasts. And Matt, you'll link to each of these ep- episodes in the show notes when you publish a podcast, I hope. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll say one underlying theme that I just saw, the, the, one of the strongest tr- critiques was about the double or triple intro. So maybe that's something we can think about for the, f- for the future and getting to the good stuff fast. Can you ex- actually, um, I often take our, like all that stuff, that banter we do at the beginning off and take it out <laughs> on the audio side. I like our banter. <laughs> our banter? Gonna, we're probably going to take a slow ending out too. <laughs> yeah, it's starting to drag a little bit. Let's everybody give your Jewish uh, goodbye. Give <laughs> oi, give your plug in your Twitter, and we'll wrap it up. Why I'm bother? Kidding. We're gonna. This is gonna get cut off anyway. Doesn't matter. I'm Catherine. I'm leaving. Goodbye. What's your What's your Twitter, Catherine, or your ex? Hello, Catherine O. Dave. I'm I'm an Irish Jew, so I'll do the Irish goodbye. Pod six one seven dot com. Dave, see ya. Matt at Matt Cundle. Johnny at, at Johnny Podcasts. And I am at Jag in Detroit. Thank you all for listening. And thank you to our five clients who all were uh, willing to put themselves on the proverbial chopping block uh, for some constructive criticism on their podcast today. And thank you for listening, watching, or consuming in whichever method you did. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to the podcast Super Friends. For a transcript of the show or to connect with the Super Friends, go to the show notes of this episode or go to soundoff.network. Hi, I'm Emily Roger, and I host a leadership show called The Boiling Point with my co-host, Dave Vale. Together, we sit down with trailblazing entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers who are driving meaningful change in our world. The show is all about exploring the lives and perspectives of leaders who are making a difference. Join us for insightful conversations that challenge the status quo, spark new ideas, and inspire you to take action. Find us on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or at BoilingPointPodcast.com. Hi, I'm Mercedes Nickel, four-time Winter Olympian and host of Dropping In, a podcast with Mercedes. This is a podcast where I interview a bunch of different people. I get the good, the bad, and the ugly, as well as I share my stories along the way. Now you can drop in at droppingin.com or subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. I'll see you soon.